The pursuit of God doesn't stop when a believer gets saved. There is so much more to discover about a living and active God who is with us and in us. If you've ever thought to yourself, there has got to be more than this, you are in the right place. Welcome to the More of God, a safe place to explore the more. Now, here's your host, April Harrison. So I am here today with Leah Hartman. Hi, Leah. Hi there. Leah goes to my church and we met, I don't just a couple of weeks ago, I guess, or That's maybe right. a month ago. And I already had gotten to uh, hear some stories about her encounters with the Holy Spirit that I thought would be good for this month's podcast. So really excited to have you here. Thank and you. Um, I'd love for you to start just kind of at the beginning about how you kind of came to know God and then how you kind of came to know a little bit more about the Holy Spirit. Okay, well, I would say that in my younger years that um, my parents took me to church. I would go every Sunday, and it was more of a non-denominational church. It was a UCC church in Pennsylvania, and so we would we would go, but there wasn't, didn't really hear a lot of, I, I, I don't want to say a lot of truth, but we didn't hear a lot of the understanding about needing to be saved. And so I just kind of grew up going to church and learning about Jesus, but not really understanding that I needed him really to accept him as my savior. But I did have an experience when I was 14 and it actually, my whole kind of relationship really started with the Lord at this point, I believe, because my mom had just married someone and they were having some struggles with me and my sister accepting her new husband. So he had suggested we go and spend some time with this couple that he knew from a church that he used to go to. So we actually all went over there, had dinner together. And then afterwards, the lady, she comes over to me and she said, now we're just going to pray for you guys. And we would like you, if you don't mind, if you just stand here and I'm going to pray for you. And as I'm praying for you, I'm going to be singing in a different language and just don't worry about that, <laughs> she said. And uh, and then my husband's going to be standing behind you and you might fall over, but don't worry about that either. So what were you thinking at this moment? Like somebody's saying, I'm going to speak in a different language and you might fall over. And you're thinking, I'm thinking, okay. <laughs> <laughs> So you're open. I'm totally. I just don't even know. Like I have never, this is all new to me. And I figure, well, these people are from church. They must know what they're doing. They must have good intentions, hopefully. And so she all of a sudden starts singing. I mean, singing in a different language. And she's coming at me and I see this, this hand coming towards my forehead but she, she stopped short. She's like two feet from me. And I get hit by the power of the Holy Spirit, really. And I fall over and her husband catches me. And so there I am laying on the ground. And I, and I don't think anything of it. I'm just like, okay, here I am on the ground. I, and I feel, I remember, I feel, I felt pins and needles. Pins and needles. Pins and needles. When, when you fell over, what, do you remember what you were feeling in terms, like what made you fall over? Was it a force or was it just relaxation or was it? It was like power. power. It, all it was, I don't, because I, she did not touch me. Mm -hmm. So I knew it was something, mm -hmm. something not normal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so Supernatural here maybe? I am. Yeah, here I am on the floor with these pins and needles going through me and her husband, comes down on the floor next to my ear and says, now I just want you to open up your mouth and just begin to speak. And he's like, God's going to give you a different language. 
And so I was just like, okay. So I opened my mouth and all of a sudden I am speaking these like three specific different syllables that I had never spoken again and again and again. And yeah, that's what happened. So when you were speaking these syllables, was it something that you were making come out of your mouth or was it something that was out of your control? I would say now that I understand it better, it was something that I was instigating because he told me to open my mouth Mm -hmm. and I had to speak something, but I didn't know I was going to speak in a different language. I just was being obedient to do whatever the guy said for me to do. Mm -hmm. And here comes a different language out of my mouth. So it was like that. And then the woman did the same thing for my sister, but my sister fell over way faster and way sooner. (laughs) And she was like, she's seven years younger than me. And she was totally speaking a completely different language. She didn't just get three syllables, but she got a lot more than that. So very cool story. I think most uh, parents maybe not have tried that method of (laughs) counseling with their children, but I really, I really committed my full life to the Lord when I was 19. I think I had a a understanding and a belief and and a faith in God when I was from 14 to 19, but I really gave my life to the Lord at a campus crusade for Christ retreat. And I actually wanted to be a Broadway singer. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I was going to school at Temple University and studying vocal performance. So you realize you have to sing at least a stanza from something. Yes. On Broadway. So go. Oh, no. (laughs) Not now. (laughs) Something from Cats. Lame is something. I dreamed a dream in time gone by when hope was... Young and life worth living. Nice job. Nicely done. Okay. I believe you. Okay. Okay. So my goal was to be a Broadway singer, but when I was my first semester at Temple, I gave my life to Jesus Mm -hmm. and he took away the desire to be a Broadway singer. And I did not want to do that because it was so focused on self. Mm. And so instead I I left college after my third semester because I had no peace. And then I began to seek the Lord and he led me into a music ministry that I started that was in California. And the Lord opened up this door for me to be able to go and be a part of this traveling music ministry for like seven and a half years. Oh, so what did that look like? So it was in California and we would travel on a bus and I was on a full-time team. So I would make a two-year commitment and we would raise money for the first three months of that commitment. And then starting about in May, we would get together, have a rehearsal camp and there are 10 singers and a 12 piece orchestra and signer for the, um, for the deaf. Mm -hmm. And we had a bus driver and then we just get hop on a bus and go from church to church to church and sing. And our ministry was mostly in the Catholic church. Okay. So we had a lot of opportunities to minister to people who had an understanding of Jesus and that they were sinners and that they loved him, but just be able to give them the understanding that there is that relationship that was kind of missing so we really pray with a lot, a lot of people to give their hearts to Jesus. And you know, there was a lot of good fruit during That's that time. Awesome. So you are passionate about worship. Is that where that was stirred up kind of on that music ministry trip? Or was that even before then? I think it got started before then. I had a friend in college. Mm-hmm. Her name was Heather. And she really loved the Holy Spirit. And so she I would already say, like her. <laughs> I know. <laughs> she would say, 
I'm going home this weekend. And she said, you want to come home with me because I love my church. And she would go home every weekend to go home to her church. And that was like an hour and a half, two hour drive. And I finally was like, what is up with this girl's church? You know, <laughs> so um, I never heard of a person wanting to go to church so much and uh, go to the same church. Like yes. go travel really far to go to church. So she took me and the worship was awesome. And they were dancing. They were using flags and something called kabukis or kabulis or something like that. It was like these like ribbon things. And anyways, I had never seen that before. Never. My heart was like, oh, this is so awesome. And <laughs> I just started right in with the dancing. And I didn't even know that could be a part of church. But I really, it just connected. Something in there connected with my heart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you and I are opposite in that way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I don't like dancing in the secular world either. So I think that's probably part of it. Like okay. I, I'm not that kind of person. But when you saw that, when, when your heart connected with that, that's just an expression of who you are, who you were created to be. That's why it clicked for you mm -hmm. right so what did you experience when you did dance like if somebody has doesn't understand that if somebody sees somebody dancing and they're all excited and they're like I don't understand why that person likes to dance before the Lord or wave a flag before mm -hmm. the Lord or you know whatever it is like what is it that it does in you when you see that or when you do that mm, well I guess I enjoyed it before I understood it kind of thing you know I it's something that um, I was just attracted to and I think it was because I could really really express not just with my voice, mm. but with my whole body. Yeah. How much I love Jesus. <laughs> I'm starting to believe you. <laughs> oh mm. my goodness. Yes. That's what it was. It was um, this immediate, like I can be free to really worship mm. and no holds barred. Mm. And it was, uh, yeah. And, and even the first time I really heard worship music, where the person that was leading the worship was really engaging. I was in my dorm room and my mom <laughs> had got these tapes from this ministry that she had, you know, had gone to see. And so uh, I'm in my room and I'm, and I start, I just, I lifted my hands and I was worshiping. Mm. It was like automatic. I couldn't not lift my hands. This music is awesome. And it's worshiping uh, the King of glory. It's worshiping the one that I love so much, mm -hmm. you know, who saved me from the pit. He saved me from such a deep, deep, dark pit, mm -hmm. brought me out and set me on the rock of his son, Jesus. And when I heard that music, you know, my hands just went up and I just had an immediate, just such a thankfulness. Mm -hmm. I think that worship really is an, an extension of how grateful we are yeah. for what God is. <laughs> okay. <true. laughs> no, it's okay. Yeah. It's so beautiful. that's what led me. And then I went with Campus Crusade for Christ on a summer project. I was still in college and I just was just wanted to tell people, oh my gosh, I wanted to tell people about <laughs> Jesus. So I still don't believe it. I found <laughs> so many different ways to do that. And there was a couple people at the Campus Crusade for Christ. They had me do special music. And when I actually, when I sang a Sandy Patty song, people were coming up to me afterwards and saying, God really touched my heart mm. when you were singing and was really speaking to me. I didn't never knew that God could touch someone else's heart using my voice. That was when I knew this is what I want to do. You know, this is what I want to do with my life somehow, yeah. some way. That's awesome. Yeah. So one of the things you talked about was prophetic worship. So can you explain that for somebody who maybe has never heard that term? 
Well, um, well, prophecy is really just speaking forth the heart of God. What is God saying? And God is always speaking. He's always wanting to talk to us. He's he's whether he's speaking through um, he can speak through natural things, through the through the weather or through the tree, you know, looking at the trees or looking at the stars. Um, he's always declaring his glory. He's always wanting to proclaim who he is and what he's done. And to me, to be a, a prophetic worshiper is to release whatever he is doing or whatever he is wanting to say through worship. And there's a lot of different ways you can do that. You can just be sitting there and not even doing anything and you can be releasing the heart of God because the mm-hmm. presence of God is all over you. Mm-hmm. Because when you worship, that's the powerful, awesome thing is that, you know, his presence lives within us, but somehow when we worship and we we exalt him, he comes and his manifest presence, his presence comes and dwells amongst his people. And it talks about that in the Psalms. Mm-hmm. So I take that literally. I, I take that and say, okay, when I worship God and I am focused on him, he can do awesome things in and through me and he can release whether I'm playing the keyboard or whether I'm, you know, dancing before me, he's, he can release something. I know this gets a little weird, but he releases things in the spirit realm to accomplish his purposes. Cause sometimes just by sitting and singing, you might not be doing all that God needs to do in order to bring breakthrough. Cause there are people that come into our churches that don't know Jesus. They might need healing. They might need some form of deliverance. You know, people are broken. They need to experience God's presence. Mm. And the only way to do that sometimes is to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. And we, of course, we're always obedient. But sometimes this is being as strange as, (laughs) okay, I'm going to bring my shofar to to church because God told me to bring this horn (laughs) that I bought in Israel out of obedience and learned how to play by playing it again and again. But you know, I bring it to church and then the Holy Spirit says, I'm going to tell you when to blow it. So I'm glad you brought that up because that's actually how you got my attention, I should say. (laughs) So I've heard about shofars before. I've seen them played before. If if anybody's listening and doesn't know what it is, it's a ram's horn or some kind of horn where they used to play it. Mm -hmm. And it's in scripture that it was used in different ways to symbolize victory, to symbolize, you know, let's go to war. There's lots of different reasons that it was played. And so sometimes in more in Pentecostal churches, you might see somebody blow it as one of those things. So I have said before that, and I'm a recovering judgy pants, which I'm admitting, <laughs> but I've said before that I'm team no far instead of team shofar. <laughs> and wherever I go, shofar players find me. And I met you because you were sitting in my row with your shofar that day. You felt like God had asked you to bring it to church that day. So you want to talk a little bit about about that and what you felt like I was saying. Yes. um, My friend uh, was going through some warfare. I was doing actually some what they call spiritual warfare and uh, for my friend. And that's just basically kind of praying, uh, praying through something that they are kind of battling. You know, there's there's things that happen in our lives that are not always the most pleasant things. And it requires having friends that are willing to come around you and surround you and love you and help you walk through that. And she was going through that time and I came right at the right time for her. So we were doing this. I was battling for her in prayer. And and sometimes we have to take authority over things that are, you know, in the spiritual realm. There are they're not just angels, but there are demons and they do exist. So sometimes when we are in a battle, you have to pull out all the stops. And the Lord woke me up that night and told me in the morning, he's like, do you want to basically 
take down this spiritual demon that is bothering her. Do you want to take it down? And I was like, yes, but what does that mean, God? And he <laughs> said, well, you got to bring your shofar to church. And, and I had heard our pastor say in his sermon, even before we moved to North Carolina, you know, it jokingly about shofar players and dancers coming down. And he was like, uh, just kidding, you know, to the front. So I, I knew that he wasn't really too much into these shofars. And I'm bringing this by faith, Lord. And I didn't even have the cover to put on it. So I had to just go with the shofar into the church and everybody is looking at it and we're church. I have to admit I was looking at it <laughs> <laughs> of course you were because everybody was I was like I was I you know it's sometimes scary to be obedient yeah. to God it's not always fun and it's not it's not always popular and I'm I confess that I really don't care um whether I'm popular but when I want to be when I know it's the Lord then I'm obedient yeah. so People were asking me, and so I just sat it on the chair, probably right about where you were, and I thought, well, if the Lord gives me the opportunity, I'm going to blow it, but only if he, only if he wants me to blow it. Mm -hmm. So um, wouldn't you know, the second song, I was kneeling on my knees in before the Lord, and I just said, I just prayed, Lord, I pray that there would be a shift in the atmosphere. And right at that moment, the worship leader, Joanna stops the service and she just looks at everybody and says yeah i just can't do church i just can't do church and she started taking authority over some things and praying and then we all started just clapping and shouting <laughs> and that's when i went and i was like this is the moment god is <laughs> opening up the door for this shofar to be blown <laughs> so i grabbed the shofar and i ran over to brian our senior pastor and i said can i blow this <laughs> <laughs> and he just looked at me and he's like, well, yeah. And, and so I, I was able to blow it right mm -hmm. there. And it was the perfect timing. Mm -hmm. And since then, that has not happened at our church where we've stopped everything and we were kind of engaging in these spiritual things to take authority over things and kind of tear down some walls. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So it was your spiritual breakthrough that you were looking for. Absolutely. So when you blew it, were you, what, what were you feeling inside? What were you thinking in your head? Oh, nothing was going through me except I knew I was supposed to blow that thing. And mm -hmm. so I was blowing it with all my might. Yep. And you did. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think that things like flags or shofars or the things that are abnormal to the typical church service? Um, why do you think that? people get uncomfortable by those things. I don't know because I have such a different perspective with it because I just gravitate towards yeah. it. Like it's always been a draw for me. Mm -hmm. So I look at these things and then I, when I have the understanding of what they are and I might be drawn to it, like with the flags, I was drawn immediately to those yeah. and the dancing, but I love dancing and I love singing, you know? So that was, it was like, oh, we can do this in church. A natural oh, fit. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. But I think that with the understanding, like when I understand, okay, so with the flag that his banner over me is love. Let's mm -hmm. take that one from Song of Solomon. Mm -hmm. And God calls himself Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our banner. Mm -hmm. When you understand that God is a banner, he's holding a banner over you. Okay, so here you are. And you're going through a really hard time. And he's saying, I am your banner. And when you think about a banner and you're, you think about in war, a lot of times when, you know, in the olden days, when they go to war, they would carry these banners. Even you see the movies, you see like Braveheart or even when you see the elves in the Lord, Lord of the, the Rings, Rings. <clears throat> there's these banners. And so it's like God is standing over you and he is warring on your behalf. And he is fighting for you. Mm -hmm. And to me, that is awesome. 
So when I hold a banner and I wave that in the air, I know that I'm agreeing with God that he is who he says he is on my behalf and on behalf of whoever needs to know that. And of course, behind the banners, there's colors too. The colors mean so many different things. So there's a reason why you might pick up a certain flag that my one of my favorites is the pink flag because it has the pink is the blood of the lamb and the white is represents the bride of Christ. And so when you mix red and white together, you get pink and that's intimacy yeah. with Jesus. And also that stands for right relationships in the church. So I love the pink, and but there's all these different colors. They represent different things, but it's powerful, you know, when you understand the reason behind. So mm-hmm. sometimes it's good to kind of, if you have questions, to look in the scriptures mm-hmm. and to see where these things are found, because they are in there, even the tambourine and the timbrels <laughs> and things like that. Yeah. They're in there. Mm-hmm. You just have to kind of look more so in the Old Testament than in the New. Very cool. I, I know you shared some stories with me before we started just about some powerful encounters that you've had with the Holy Spirit that were a little on the side of weird if you were going to rank them on a a scale of zero to 10 and kind of what he did in you through that experience. I guess it was just a supernatural experience. Mm -hmm. And how cool is it when we get to experience the presence of God in in awesome manifest ways? Well, my mom and I had gone to um, All Nations Church down in South Carolina and it was with Bonnie and Mahesh Shabda and it was just a conference. It was at probably Saturday night we were worshiping and he was singing this little song that the Holy Spirit had given him. And it's just where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And he's just singing it over and over. And as he's singing it, he says that he sees angels and their wings and they're they're swirling and they're causing things to go on in just above us. And all of a sudden we look up and there is like gold dust flying around, like swirling around. And it was just within arm's reach. None of us could touch it. It was up high enough in the tent, but we could see it. It was like red gold. There was blue gold. There was green gold. There was gold gold. And it was beautiful. Plus with the gold, there was feathers. So there was feathers and and gold. And it was just awesome. Like I'd never seen anything like that. We all knew it was God's presence. And he, the only reason why he would want to do that is just to say, I am your God and I I can do whatever I want, (laughs) however I want. And I am beautiful, aren't I? You know, his just manifest presence. So in the morning, I picked up a feather because there were still some feathers on the floor. I picked it up and put it in my Bible. And after that, whenever I was discouraged, I was even at work. I would be having either a hard call with a customer, but a feather would float down out of nowhere and land in my hand. And I would tape them on my phone (laughs) at work because I knew it was just God saying, I'm, it's okay. I love you. I'm here. Mm-hmm. You're, you're my daughter. And I see that you're going through a hard time, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard people say before, well, I don't understand. Like when people mention gold dust, like I remember the first time I heard somebody talk about that. I felt like what in the world gold dust, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And then I was at a conference and the speaker was speaking and he said, you know, let's pray for people for healing. And as we were praying, I had my hand on this lady. I was praying for her shoulder. And in that moment, he said, some of you may notice gold dust on your hands because I see it in the air. And some of you might, you might want to look at your hands and see if it's on your hands. And I remember instantly thinking this man is evil. (laughs) 
I was so afraid by what he was saying because that just to me it just made me feel very afraid and and I was like there's no way in the world that I'm looking at my hands and I finished praying for the lady and I took my hand off of her and she had been wearing a black sweater and where I had pulled my hand away there was gold on her sweater and so I turned and I looked at my palm and I was like oh my god that's terrifying so people I remember that was a a big question like why would that even happen what does that mean and people were nervous about it and they were asking all these questions and I remember our pastor saying something that really helped me and he said you know you have to think about the fruit of moments like that if you're if you're freaked out and you don't know what to make of it what happened while that was happening and looking around the room there was people who got saved during that time there was people who got healed during that time there was people who got baptized in the Holy Spirit during that time and why would the devil want to be a part of any of that, you know? And so that was something that really helped to kind of process that moment with. But anyway, it's a cool story of your, your gold and your feathers. Amen. Okay. Well, I love to have people um, close by just praying for the listeners and you can definitely pray for me since I'm a recovering judgy pants that I'll, <laughs> that I'll be more open to all those things as well. <laughs> okay. Let's pray. <laughs> Father, we're so thankful for your presence and for your grace and how you teach us, Lord, to follow you and to walk in wonder and awe of who you are. And that is what we want to do. I I pray for everyone listening today, Lord, that you would just continue to reveal yourself to them in such a beautiful way. I thank you that you don't Father, it is never your intention to scare us. It is never your intention to bring fear. That's only from the enemy. And so any people that have uh, experienced fear as a result of seeing things that are really you, Holy Spirit, I pray in Jesus' name that all fear would just melt away. And I speak peace. I speak your shalom over every heart. And I just pray that, God, you would help them to discern what is of you and what isn't, Lord, because there are things out there, God, that maybe people say are of you but aren't. So I just thank you, Lord, that you can give us wisdom and discernment and grace to see exactly what April said, that that the fruit, what is the fruit being produced from what is going on, and that makes all the difference. We just glorify you. We thank you, Lord. I praise you for April. I thank you for her life. And I pray you continue to bless her and fill her with grace to receive more (laughs) and more and more of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you guys for listening to this week's The More of God podcast. For additional stories on how people are encountering the more of God, you can go to the blog at themoreofgod.org or you can subscribe on iTunes or Google Play.